I'm going to talk about the tragedy at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde in this sermon. So if you're not personally in a space that's ready for it, I encourage you to do what you need to take care of yourself. But as the person that you have called to be your pastor, I have certain responsibilities that are laid out for me in the constitution of the church, believe it or not. And one of those responsibilities is that I will speak publicly in solidarity with the oppressed calling for justice. I did not say anything to you after the shooting in Buffalo. I did not say anything to you after the church shooting in California. Today, I am speaking publicly about the oppression of our children in this culture of violence. This is Memorial Day weekend. This is a time when our country is supposed to be remembering the honored fallen soldiers that have served. Instead, today we're remembering children. I want to focus on the first reading from Acts that we heard, the one where Paul and Silas end up in jail. But the question is why? Why are they in jail? Well, the beginning told us there was a girl. She was a slave who had a spirit that allowed her to tell the fortunes of others. And her owners exploited her to make a profit, to make money. The girl followed Paul around, and because of her fortune-telling abilities, she knew who Paul was and what he was doing. She alerted everyone around that he was a servant of God and he was proclaiming salvation. And Paul, understandably, becomes annoyed and casts the spirit out of her in the name of Jesus. Now, listen to this part of that reading. And think about it in light of this last week. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in, attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. The owners of that girl were angry because the prospects of making money were gone. They blamed Paul and Silas for breaking with the customs and laws of the Roman Empire. Paul and Silas are imprisoned for threatening the freedom of Roman society to make money at any cost. Do you see the connections? Tragedies like Uvalde will continue to happen because of a fear of losing money and an unwillingness to reckon with the customs and laws of our own empire. It is our children who are exploited to satisfy the need for violence. When the guards came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
Peter, attempting to protect his rabbi, took out his sword and struck one of the guards, cutting off his ear. And Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Our culture has chosen the sword, and our children are perishing by the sword. And I believe that if Jesus were here standing among us today, he would say, put your sword back in its place. We confirmed three students this morning at the 8 o'clock service. The message you should hear today should be filled with hope about their futures and the wonderful things that they can do in the world by loving God and by serving their neighbors. But instead, we're wondering what kind of country will be waiting for them when they grow up as adults. God loves us. God does not leave us trapped inside the prisons that we create for ourselves. The songs and the prayers can set you free but only if you allow them to tear down the walls and break the chains that keep you locked in the same cycles. God's love and God's grace can do those things if you will allow it to. The question is how long? How long until there's an end the hateful violence and senseless killing? How long will you have to weep for victims of gun violence? How long will your life continue to be interrupted by grief in the aftermath of traumatic events? How long? That question of how long is not really a question for God. It's a question for ourselves. The answer to how long will be until your prayers turn into something more tangible for the sake of peace and the love of your neighbor. Remember the words of Jesus' prayer from today's gospel reading. I made your name known to them. And I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus reveals God's name to us, and that name is love. God is love. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Jesus' prayer for you is to abide in the love of God. When nothing else makes sense, we can rest in this hope. The love that God has for Jesus is the love that Jesus has for you and for all people. Together, 
we abide in the unity that comes through God's love in Jesus. Let us pray. Our help comes from you, and our hope comes from you, O Lord. You who made heaven and earth and are making all things new. In the midst of grief, you are our comfort. In the face of uncertainty, you are our rock. In the wake of tragedy, you are our hope. So even as we weep, we praise you and place our trust in you. We pray in the name of the one who suffered and died and was raised for us, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.